thank you for all the good reports. Father, we thank you that your healing hand is upon those that need healing. Father, we thank you that healing was provided for us, oh, long ago. Father, we thank you that health and healing for us was even provided in the Old Testament. Father, we thank you. Oh, we thank you that no sickness comes from heaven. For, uh, for you to give us sickness and disease, you'd have to steal it first. And so, Father, we just give you glory and honor and praise that we are the healed of the Lord. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Father, as we approach your word tonight, we ask that you give unto us a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge, opening up our eyes that we may see, know, and understand uh, the mysteries of Christ. Father, we thank you that uh, we come to know, we come to understand, that we come to get a revelation, oh, Father God, of who we are and what we have in Christ, that we get a revelation that no sickness has any right or privilege to stay in our bodies. And, Father, we thank you. Oh, we thank you that as we approach your word tonight, you think through my mind, you speak through my lips, the very oracles of God, that you use my tongue as that of the pen of the ready writer. Father, For it, it doesn't do any good for me to, to speak out of my wisdom or my knowledge, but, Father, that I speak that which your people need, those in the house, those online. And, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, we thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God. Father, we thank you. We thank you that our brother Richard is healed and whole. Oh, we thank you for that full manifestation of his, of his healing, Father God. Father, we thank you that Miss Shirley is healed and whole, Father, and completely restored and set free. Father, we thank you that Misty is healed and whole and recovering. Father, we thank you for everyone that we lifted up. Oh, Father, I just thank you. Father, I'm just in the... Father, we just, oh, we just know that praise puts us over. So, Father, we praise you and we thank you that those that had hands laid on them in this morning service, that healing is manifesting. For your word said that when we lay hands on the sick, that they shall, which means that they will recover. Oh, as long as we stay hooked up, Father God, recovery will take place. And, Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God, amen and amen. Well, we're going to continue on our series on um, healings in the Bible. Uh, we've been on this particular series for a long time, but we've kind of been breaking it up as we go. Uh, but some months ago, the Lord told us to go through and look at every account of healing that takes place in the Bible. And of course, because we're in the New Testament, because we live in the New Covenant, we went through the New Testament first and uh, we saw we found that when some that, that there was not one account where somebody came to Jesus for healing and he denied them not one time did anybody who came to Jesus for healing was denied we saw uh, some accounts where um, there was doubt and unbelief present and uh, and Jesus put that doubt and unbelief out of the room and then he took, and then the healing could take place. And uh, we've got to put our own doubt and unbelief out of the room so that our healing can manifest. And so what, this is why we have uh, prayer and healing school 
is so that we can learn how to, um, number one, we can learn how to pray biblically. Some people believe that if you get enough people to pray, if you get enough shotgun prayers to go out, that at some point maybe somehow a a uh, healing BB will just hit you and poof, healing will take place. But that's not how healing works. Some people believe, well, if I can just get my hands laid on me enough times, I'll get healed. That's not how healing takes place. Some people believe, well, if I can get this special minister to lay hands on me, then I'll be healed. That's not how healing takes place. Some people think that if they can, some people think that if they just um, confess from a mental standpoint enough, that uh, that's what that's gonna that's gonna somehow twist God's arm back behind his back, and God will finally go, okay, 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 I'll heal you. No, we don't have to do that. Why? Because healing was already provided. How you get healed is you simply receive what has already been given. You simply reach out. You grab it by faith. Uh, some people believe that they're waiting on God. No, uh, if you're waiting on God, your healing is never going to come. Because God has already done everything he's going to do about sickness and disease in your body. What? No, God's already done it. Every, all sickness, all disease was put on Jesus, whipped, at the, whipped literally, uh, uh, sickness and disease was whipped out of its right. It's, it's, uh, and when we say, well, um, you know, people will say, well, it's my right. To do such and such. What they mean when they say that is it's my legal obligation. No, it's not. Sickness and disease has no legal obligation to stay in your body. Sickness and disease actually has a legal obligation to leave when you tell it to go. When you tell it to go, it's got to go. Um, so we, uh, so prayer and healing school is to teach us how to pray biblically uh, for healing for ourselves. It's to teach us how to pray biblically for others that need healing. Uh, it's to teach us how to pray um, because Jesus said, or I should say the Holy Spirit uh, through the writers of the New Testament said that if you pray according, okay, Lord, I guess we're going to take a venture. All right, I guess we're going to go here. All right, let me pull the scripture. Let me show this to you. I think I, I think we're going to get to Kings chapter 4 tonight, but we got to go over here first. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, talking about confidence in Christ, that it, or confidence in the Father, that if we ask anything according to his will, in other words, when we pray, we've got to pray according to the will of God. Some people will pray this, and I've been in the room, I've, I've witnessed it for myself, some people will say, well, we've got to pray for so-and-so's healing, so let's get in here and let's pray. Let's grab a hold of the horns of the altar. And that's right, and that's good. But then they grab a hold of the horns of the altar with doubt and unbelief and wavering. 
Uh, they get in there and they say, oh, Lord, heal brother or sister so-and-so. Oh, Father God, we know the healing is, is part of the package. Father, we know the healing is, 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 is to us if it's your will. Now, Father, if it's not your will to heal them, then don't heal them. Let them walk through the fire, but let them come out the other side. Listen, do you want them to come out the other side, or do you want them to walk in the fire? What do you want them to do? Do you want them to stay sick so they learn something? That ain't our God. That'd be child abuse. Uh, no, you got to pray according to his will. you got to pray in line. Well, well, what if we don't know the will of God? Well, then you need to get in the Word and find out what the will is. That's what prayer and healing school is for, is to find out. And it says that if we pray according to his will, that he hears us. That he hears us. God does not listen to these, uh, to these prayers that don't agree with his will. He doesn't even listen to them. Why? Because he can't, he can't get an agreement with them. He can't do anything about them. You know, yes, our God is sovereign. Yes, there's nothing our God is, cannot do. That's 100% true. But our God is a righteous God. He's a just God. And he follows law and order. He's not going to override somebody's will. I know people, um, the Reverend uh, Danny Wallace was one of them. He told his family, he said, if any sickness ever comes upon me, y'all stay in the fight of faith. Stay right with me. Stay right there. Don't release me. Don't let me go. I know that my God's a healer. Why? Because he was a faith preacher. He was a faith preacher. That's what you preach. That's what you teach your kids. That's what you train them. Well, in his 40s, he came down with cancer. And uh, he was staying in the fight. And he was saying all the right things to his family. But in the secret place of his heart, he made the determination, Lord, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And uh, Brother Randy, you'll hear him tell the testimony. Uh, he had got word that Brother Danny was going down, that he was in the hospital. And uh, he, he rushed over there and got over there, and he was holding them in the spirit. He had them in the spirit. He had him. He knew that healing belonged to him. And uh, he got to the hospital and saw the family and everything. And it was late. And, and, and he was there praying. And something. he just knew that he had to get before the father. So he dismissed himself and went to the, ho went to the hotel room because uh, he'd been traveling, what have you, and got on his face before the Lord. And, while, and, he, and he, by his own admission, he said, I had him in the spirit. And then all of a sudden, I lost him. I lost him. And so I, went to, uh, so I went to the hotel. I knew I had to get before the Lord. And, um, you know, and, and, and he was somewhat coherent when Brother Randy was there. And he said, you know, Danny, I, we're here. God's going to heal you. And Danny was agreement, in, in agreement to him to his face. But then in the spirit, he wanted something different. And uh, so Brother Randy got down on his face in the hotel room and started praying and seeking his face and going, Lord, I can't find him. I, can't, I don't know what's going on. What's happening? What's happening? Why don't I have him anymore? And the Lord told him, he, and the Lord finally told Brother Randy, he said, uh, due to divine destiny and choice, due to divine destiny and Danny's free choice, Danny is coming home to me. 
And he saw the Lord. He asked him, he said, well, why, you know, why, why is Danny going home? And he said, Danny has asked me to let him come home, and I have, and I have answered his request. I have answered his request. So a lot of times you got to get an agreement. you got to find out what the person wants. you got to find out what the person desires. you got to find out where they're at. And what he meant by divine destiny is Danny had put some things into place in the spirit like, Lord, I want to go home. Uh, he put it into place and it couldn't be changed. God is a law-abiding God. So it's, it's not only the Father's will, but it's also the person's will. It's also the person's will. I had this with my Uncle Steve. He had had a double, tra- a double lung transport plant. Uh, he was doing good. He was, I mean, he was carrying on. Um, and the doctors told him, he said, listen, he said, these lungs will not fail you. What will what, what the, happen is the toll that the anti-rejection methods will take on your heart, your kidneys, and your other organs, they will cause them to fail before these lungs ever give out on you. But you should have, you know, a lot of years left. Well, he only got about halfway to the, to the mark. But he started having some complications. And he ended up having to go in the hospital and go in the hospital and go in the hospital. And then he ended up with COVID. And uh, by the time I got word he was in the hospital with COVID, he'd already been in the hospital for something close to 100 days. And, uh, but I had it in my heart to take him a prayer cloth. And I drove down to Jacksonville, Florida, and I took a prayer cloth to him. And I, and I, just, and I had him in my spirit. I knew that I knew that I knew. I knew that he was coming out of that hospital healed and whole. I knew it. And then all of a sudden, I had taken taken Michael to the airport early one morning, and I was coming back, and I got in about to Jasper, and I was just praying and praising God and thanking God, and I had him in my spirit that he was healed. He was coming out of the hospital. I had seen it in the spirit. He was coming out, and all of a sudden, there was a detach in my spirit. All of a sudden, there was a break in my spirit, and, all, and I knew I didn't have him in the spirit anymore. And I said, Lord, Lord, what is that? Lord, what is that? I, there, there's a break. There's a break. I recognize it. I don't have him anymore. And I began to weep, and I began to cry. I said, Lord, what is this? I said, Lord, I don't have him. I said, I, said, I know I, I recognize this from listening to Brother Randy. I said, something has happened. Something has happened, and I just got to praying. Well, I got a phone call from my dad around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, he said, honey, I got to tell you something. I said, what's that? And I already knew. I said, what's that? He said, well, he said, "Uncle," he said, your Uncle Steve called in his wife and his daughter and the family because they could only, you know, because this was during COVID, and it was when restrictions were just starting to be released, and he he said he called in his wife and he called in his daughter. That's the two that were allowed to go in because he actually tested negative for COVID. Now he was just recovering from the effects of it. And he, he said he called them in and he told both of them, he said, listen, y'all. He said, I'm tired of the medications. I'm tired of the work. I'm tired of being sick. I just want to go home. To, he said, I just want to go home to my my Lord and Savior. I just want to go home to the Father God. I want to go home to my mom and dad and granny and my grandparents and the rest of the family that's moved on. He said, I've made the choice. I'm moving to heaven. 
And so they, they said their goodbyes and all of that. And the determination was made that, uh, that, that shortly after 5 o'clock in the afternoon, they were going to stop all life, life support per, uh, stuff and all of that. They were going to take him off of the oxygen and all of that. And uh, they, they stopped all of that about 5.15 in the afternoon. And I got a phone call at 5.35 and said, he stepped over. I said, yeah, I know. I felt it when his spirit left. Why? Why did, why did that happen? Because we can't undo his will, the person's will. So one way that we got to pray is we got to pray in line with not only with what the Father wants, but with what the people want. Some people want to, listen to me, some people want to stay sick. Some people want to stay poor. Some people want to stay that way. And so what we have to do when we find out that somebody's got sickness, and it's, you know, and that seems like an inappropriate time to ask, well, what do you want? <laughs> but you need to know. You need to know. And so because the Father said this, and so sometimes, um, sometimes, you know, you get enough people, everybody, will, and here's why this is also so important. Because people will say, oh, just pray, just pray, just pray, just pray. Your prayer, God is a perfect gentleman, and he will not override free will. If a person wants to step into their eternity, he will allow them. If a person will, uh, want, if, listen to me, if somebody wants to make the choice, if they want to judge themselves worthy of hell, uh, God will allow them to do that. He will allow them to reject them, to reject them. I don't care how much you pray. Why? Because it's free will. So let's, read, so let's finish this. He said, um, he said, according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, talking about the Father God, whatever, whatsoever we ask, again, according to the Father's will, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. One of the things that you have to understand about praying for the sick is you may know that it's the Father's will to heal them. But if it's not that person's will to be healed, your prayers are in vain. I don't know why we're talking about this tonight, but somebody needs to hear that and understand it. Somebody needs to understand it and hear it. Jesus said, uh, you have not because you ask not. I can think of another time, Dad Hagen, there was a man um, in, in the hospital, and Dad Hagen uh, was sitting there as often as he could. He was going in, and he was sitting next to his bedside, and he was reading healing scripture after healing scripture after healing scripture after healing scripture after healing scripture. And Dad Hagen was just building this man's faith for healing because he knew the man didn't have faith to be healed. And so he was building his healing, and this man was actually... Um, not not very coherent, but this well, he was. If I remember correctly, the man was not coherent, or he was in and out of consciousness. Um, but but his spirit, his spirit could hear, his spirit could know. And so Dad Hagen was uh, reading these scriptures to him over and over and over again. The man was bedridden, and all of a sudden, the man sat up in his bed. And then he laid back down. And uh, but Dad Hagen was there doing these scriptures, and he kept reading. He kept going over these scriptures. 
You thought, okay, the Lord's working. I think that's the order of it. But in either case, um, all of a sudden, while he's reading the scriptures, here appeared Jesus at the foot of the man's bed. He appeared, Jesus stood at the foot of the man's bed to bring him healing. And uh, the man sat up, sat up and reached out. Then the man turned to get out of the bed, got up, started walking to the end of the bed, got almost to the end of the bed, and then said, nope, nope, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it, nope, can't do it, got back in the bed and uh, refused to receive his healing, refused to receive it. And he said, and Dad looked at Dad Hagen, uh, Kenneth e. Hagen looked at the looked at Jesus, and he saw that Jesus had tears coming down his cheeks. And he said, "Lord, Lord, what happened?" He said, "You see that I've come to heal this man." He said, "Yeah, Lord, I see you plain as day. You're standing right there." He said, "You saw how he got up. He sensed my presence, and he got up." And he started to come to me to, to receive the healing. He said, yeah, Lord, I saw that. He said, but at the last minute, he made the decision in his heart to not receive. Therefore, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. And just like that, Jesus was gone. The man never received his healing. Never received it. So the importance of prayer and healing school is to, is to uh, teach us how to pray, to teach us how to receive. And there's lots of different ways to receive healing, lots of different avenues. You can receive healing. Uh, you know, we tell you, confess, I'm the healed of the Lord. Listen, confession doesn't do anything for God. What confession does is the Bible tells us in Romans 10:17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Spirit of God or hearing the Spirit's spoken word. And uh, so, so, what, so when we confess and we confess and we confess and we confess, what are we doing? We're building faith. We're building our faith so that we can reach out in faith and receive. Uh, Derek, now this wasn't healing, but it, but it still, the principle still applies. Derek was, you know, uh, he had never had a car. Derek, how old were you when you got the van? Twenty-seven, twenty-eight years old, never had a car a day in his life. And uh, he's believing God for a vehicle. Now check this out. Prior to this, so he's believing God, he's believing God, he's believing God. We're down here at the Mexican restaurant, and uh, we're having dinner with him. And uh, he's talking. I said, well, Derek, you believe in? He said, I'm believing. I said, you got your scriptures you're building your faith on? I got my, my scriptures I'm building my faith on. I'm confessing. I'm standing. I know that I've got it. And uh, all of a sudden, Pastor Mike, and you know his fashion, he uh, he's lays down his fork and his knife, and he gets real quiet. You know, I don't know if y'all remember this, but I remember those commercials, E.F. Hutton. When E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody gets real quiet. In the commercials, it's all loud, and they're like at dinner parties and everything. And then here E.F. Hutton walks in the room and begins to speak, and the whole room's like, shh, quiet. Well, that's what happens with Pastor Mike. So he got real quiet at the dinner table, and Mike kind of put his elbows on the table and kind of leaned forward into Derek. And he said, Derek, he said, 
Yes, sir. He said, let me ask you a question. He said, yes, sir. He said, now you're believing for a car, right? He said, yes, sir. He said, now, Derek, let me ask you a question. He said, okay, sir. He said, do you have a driver's license? And in that moment, Derek turned about as white as me. I mean, he did. Now, he's, you know, he's one of our caramel brothers, the way I like to call him, uh, just to pick on him. Uh, he's got a much darker complexion than the rest, than most of us do, than most of us here in this room do. And uh, so, all of a sudden, he turned about as white as me, and he goes, oh, pastor, I hear you, I hear you. So, Derek got right on it. Derek went, Derek did his research, Derek got his insurance, did his, did, uh, took his test. Bless his heart. He failed it. He failed it. Because because he got on, because somebody told him, get online and do the practice test. So he got online and did all the practice tests. He went to take the written test. He got up there. He turned in the paper, and he failed the test. And the person behind the counter said, can I ask you a question? Because, you know, Derek's about in tears now. You know, he's believing for this car, and he can't pass his driver's test. And, the, and Derek said, okay, yeah, ask me a question. He said, did you get online and do those practice tests? And he said, yes, sir. And, he, and the man looked at him. He said, let me give you a pointer. He said, okay. He said, every person that gets online and does those tests fails. He says, here's what you need to do. You need to go home. You need to just simply read the book. Come, imagine that. Go home. Read the book. How much, you know, we need to go home and read the book that Jesus left us. He said, go home read the book, and then come back and take the test. So Derek, guess what he did? He went home, he read the book, he went back, and he passed it perfectly. So now he's got his driver's license. Well, praise God. He's had it for... So Now, wait a minute. You mean to tell me he's paying money out of his pocket for car insurance and he doesn't even have a car? Yes. Why? It's a faith act. It's a faith act. So he's doing this. And, um, and uh, he's, so he's doing this, and, uh, you know, nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. And he said, and I, he said, Pastor, he said, I'm doing everything right. I said, I know, brother, it'll come. Just keep building your faith. And then this was before we rearranged this whole facility, and he was on the other end, and he was in the back row right in front of the sound booth. He was sitting about four chairs in, and all of a sudden he looked at me, and, and the way he said it changed. He said, Pastor, I've got my car in Jesus' name. I've got it. It's mine. And he made that statement times before, but he said it different. And when I heard him say it, immediately I knew in my spirit, the Lord just dropped it in my spirit. The Lord said, that was faith. Now I can get him a car. And it was just within, what, about a month or less that his dad brought him a car. His dad bought the van. His dad paid his insurance for a year. His dad took care of the van. I mean, paid for taxes, tax, title, everything. How much do you know? God came through. Then he drove that van for a few years. And then he's, um, we're out in Branson. He calls me one day. He's like, Pastor, Pastor. I said, what? He said, you ain't going to believe it. I said, what? He said, well, you know, I went out with my friend Don. This is a different Don than we talked about earlier during prayer. He said, I went out with my friend Don. And he said, and, uh, he said, I went to get in his car. We were just going to go riding or doing something. And as I got to get in his car, he said, the spirit dropped down and said, 
he's about to give you this car. He said, and I thought to myself, now, Lord, he said, Derek, that's just you. He ain't going to give you his car. That's just silly. And uh, so he just went about his business, and uh, he's riding out, and uh, his friend Don drives, starts to drive home, and they're getting closer, and that knowing on the inside starts to grow in Derek. And Derek said, well, I think, I said, Lord, if I missed it, I missed it. But, Lord, I thank you and I praise you if that's what's going to happen. So they go rolling up into his driveway, and his friend hands him the key and says, here, the key in the title, and says, here, the Lord told me to give this to you. Gave him a second car. He's gotten, he's gotten two cars, uh, hadn't had to pay a dime for them. What is that? It's faith in operation. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to have to go in and change the title. Hebrews chapter 11. We said we would do this. We said that if the Lord told us to switch directions, we'll switch directions. So we're switching directions. Is that all right? All right. So Hebrews chapter 11. Oh, man. Now, verse 1. Now, verse 1. Now, faith, faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things seen. Does it say the evidence of things seen? See, when it comes to health and healing, you want to see that you're healed before you'll receive it. But that's not faith. It says that now faith is the substance of things what? Hoped for. Now, what does that mean? That word hoped for, this is not like, well, I hope I get healed. I mean, if I get healed, great. And if I don't get healed, oh, well. No, no, no. This hoped for is a determined, it's a desire with a determined outcome. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, this hope means, I guess I should say it this way. It's a, it's a uh, determined desire. It, this is, this is, I mean, you want it, you want it, you want it, you want it. You're not quitting. This is a hope that you're basically not taking no for. A good way to explain this is, uh, you know, um, little kids love Mickey Mouse and all that. They love that. And then here comes daddy or mama or granddaddy, whoever, and they say, uh, hey, it, uh, you know, we're going to, when you get out of school, we're going to go to Disney World. We're going to go see Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy, and the whole crew, all the princesses and all that. Now, does that child have any evidence that they're going? All they have is their father's word or their parents' word. When it comes to healing, all we have is the word. But how much, you know, as far as that child is concerned, it's a done deal. They are. They're t- they go to school. They tell all their friends, I'm going to Disney. I'm going to Disney. I'm going to Disney. When you go going to Disney, when school gets out, you know school year just started. It don't matter when next summer comes around. I'm going to Disney World. Why? Because they believe that they have it. It's a determined desire in their heart. How much you know that car was a determined desire in their sorry in fact the second car was a determined desire because the first car when it came now listen when Derek said I don't care I'm just believing for a car period I don't care I'm just believing for a car when that car showed up it had over 400,000 miles on it but it was in pristine shape 
I think it's got over 500,000 miles on it, and it still drives now. And, uh, I mean, it might knock and bing and bang a little, but it still drives. And, uh, and, uh, so Derek started, so Derek switched up. He said, Lord, I thank you for the car, but Father, I thank you for a nice one. I thank you for a pretty one. I thank you for a quiet one. I thank you for one that everything works on it. You know, what did he have? He had a determined desire. Health and healing, you've got to have a determined desire. But notice it says now faith is the substance. That means there's got to be something in your life that people can look at and go, you can look at that right there and tell they're they're believing. See, Derek, what was the substance of him believing for a car? He kept talking about it. He kept talking about it. He kept saying, God's going to get me a car. God's going to get me a car. God's getting me a car. I'm getting a car. I have a car. I got a car. It's coming. What? I mean, honestly, he was kind of wearing me out. I'm like, just get it already. But that was a determined. There was substance. There was substance. I remember I was listening to a sermon by J.C. Hash. And, uh, you know, they were young in the ministry and young and married and what have you. And uh, their finances were tight. And, uh, they, you know, they were uh, going to school and what have you. And, and uh, she needed a job. And they only had one car. And uh, he needed a car to get back and forth to school and then to get to his job. And so uh, she, um, she needed, a, you know, so she needed a, she needed a job within a certain set of miles from the house. Uh, they needed a set amount of money, uh, and she desired that the job would come with a, with a company car. That's what she desired, and a set number of dollars uh, for income. And so she uh, got out all the scriptures that she was standing on about God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. There's nothing too hard for Jesus. Uh, if you'll ask, God will get, you know, if you ask anything in my name, God will do it for you. You know, all these scriptures that she was standing on, uh, she took these scriptures and she wrote them on index cards. And she's plastered them all over the house. According to Reverend J.C. Hash, you went in the kitchen and you go to grab the handle and there was a card. You open the cabinet door and stuck to the front of the shelf was a scripture. You go to the refrigerator, there was a scripture on the refrigerator door. You open the refrigerator, there was a scripture. You go to sit down, there was a scripture. You know, you go sit down in your favorite chair, there was a scripture. There was a scripture tied to the remote. There was a scripture. I mean, everywhere he went, he said she went so far. With putting the scriptures in her in our face, he said, "I'd go to the bathroom and lift the toilet seat, and on the toilet seat while I was using the bathroom, there was the scriptures." She went that far. Why? Because because the word told, tells us in Joshua one to put the word before you and to meditate on it day and night. So that's what she did. 
And so, and she had the list of this is what we're believing for. We've got the list out here of what we're believing for as a congregation. Mom told me this morning, she said, I've got my list pinned to my board right there next to my calendar. I look at it every day and I pray and I believe and I stand. I said, thank God, Mom, good job. And uh, she said, I keep it before my eyes. I said, good job, Mom. And uh, so he, so she's out there gardening one day and another friend of theirs came over uh, and, and, you know, because he knew what they were believing for. What she was believing for was big because this is back in the 70s. Getting a company car in the 70s, getting it within X number of miles in the home, getting these set hours, it was unheard of. So she was out in the yard trying to make the yard pretty, and here come this friend, and he was kind of poking at her and kind of egging her on. Because, you know, you can be in this faith walk, and people will still say, and, and people in the walk with you will think you're crazy. Well, think you're crazy. So he was kind of poking at her, and he walked up, and he asked her, called her by name, and he asked her. He said, Miss So-and-so, he, she said, did you get, he said, did you get that job yet? She said, I sure did. He said, did you get the pay you wanted? I sure did. Well, did you get the car that you, that you need? She said, I sure did. He said, how far is it from the house? She said, within whatever miles they had said. And uh, it was just a few miles, five miles or less, I think it was. She said, within the five miles that I told the Lord I wanted it. He said, you got all that? She said, I sure do. He said, wow, where are you working? She said, I don't know, but the Lord does. What is that? That's substance. That's substance. That's substance. I knew another minister. Um, uh, it was Mark Hankins. It was his grandson. He teaches on this. And his grandson wanted a, a, a particular bike, a set particular bike. And he understood that faith is a substance, a substance. And uh, so he went and he got pictures. He wasn't, believe, he wasn't asking mom and daddy. He wasn't asking grandma and grandpa. They could have bought it for him, but he wasn't relying on them uh, because they were teaching him how to operate by faith. So he went and he got pictures of the bike that he wanted and all the specs and everything and he posted those pictures all over the house and they were like son you can't have all these pictures everywhere he said that's my faith i'm keeping it before my eyes what are you going to say to the boy when he has that up he ain't nothing well guess what it wasn't long before somebody in the church came and got him one brought him to him dad hagan taught dad hagan um taught about talked about Sometimes it just does you good to hear testimonies. Sometimes, yes, the word is good and the word is necessary, but sometimes you just need to hear testimonies. Dad Hagen talked about there was a man in his church that uh, was, I believe the man was a single parent. I believe he was a single parent, and I believe his uh, parents were helping him with the child. It's been a while since I read this testimony. But uh, basically, his child was believing for a purple bicycle. Believing for a purple bicycle. And this man was working. I mean, he, it was everything he could do to pay for this bicycle. Um, and the money just didn't come. The money wasn't coming. The money wasn't coming. And the grandparents couldn't afford it. Well, somehow, this, a bicycle, somehow somebody gave the grandparents money to go buy the bike. And uh, so the grandparents went to pick up the bike. And the box said red. It said red on the box. And uh, the child wanted a purple bike, a purple one. 
but the box said red. And so the, so the dad asked the parents, did you go pick up the bike? And uh, they said, yeah, we went and picked it up. And then his mama said, but son, we got a problem. And he said, well, what is that? He said, you know, they're believing for purple. But the only bike that, that, that the only, that, we got the one they want, but the only one they had, the box says it's red. Because they didn't want to open it ahead of time. They said it was red. And he said, well, I guess they're just going to have to be okay with red. Well, they presented, they, so dad's, well, it'll have to do, mama, it'll just have to do. And uh, so it was Christmas time, so uh, he, he got home and he was putting the bike together to be ready on Christmas morning, and he pulled out the bike, and guess what color it was? Purple. It was purple. Why? Because that child kept saying, I'm getting a purple bicycle for Christmas. I'm getting a purple. We're not putting any pressure on daddy. Not putting any pressure on anybody in the family. That little child just looked up and said, Father, I want a purple bike. I just want a purple bike. What, 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 how much you know the whole family know, knew that that child wanted a purple bike? And guess what the father did? Purple bike. That is like bailing in the switch. Oh, my goodness. We had a little boy in our church at one time. And that little boy, oh, my goodness. Every time I was with him. I mean, every single time I was with him. He said, Miss Robbie, Miss Robbie, Miss Robbie. I said, what, honey? He said, guess what I'm getting for Christmas? Now, his parents were financially struggling. I said, what, honey? He said, I'm getting the new Nintendo Switch. This is when they were like five dollars and $600 when they first came out. He said, I'm getting me a brand new, not a used one, a brand new Nintendo Switch. I said, you are? He said, yes, ma'am. I said, how do you know so? He said, my daddy told me. His natural daddy told him, but he said, my daddy told me. Listen, you ought to, you got to get in the Word and find out what your daddy told you about healing. Your daddy told you that you're the healed of the Lord. And I'm telling you what, I was with this child four and five, six, sometimes seven days a week. And every single time I came, every single time I get him, he'd say, Miss Robbie, Miss Robbie, Miss Robbie, oh, Miss Robbie. I said, what, Balin? He said, guess what? I said, I said, oh, no, Balin, tell me what it is. He said, I'm getting a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. He said, and guess what, Miss Robbie? I said, what, honey? He said, I'm not getting the plain one. I said, what do you mean you're not getting the plain one? He said, I'm getting the one that's blue on one side and red on the other. I said, well, how do you know that? He said, because that's what I want. I mean, he just knew it. And this went on for months. How much do you know we knew what that young man was believing for? We knew what he was believing for. I've been telling y'all for several years now, uh, the Lord, I talked to the Lord. I told the Lord. I said, Lord, I, I know that you can do big financially. I know you can do big financially. And I believed you for big things because the pressure was on and we didn't have a choice but to believe. And uh, I said, Lord, you, Lord, you bought us. We've got two houses they're paid for. Well, at that time we had one house that was paid for. I said, we've got one house that's paid for. I said, Lord, we need, we need a car. And, and I, said, I, don't, I said, Lord, I'm so tired of buying, buying faith mobiles. I want a good car. I want a new car. And I want all these features. That car out there practically drives itself. And we drove it brand new off the lot, paid cash for it. I, I mean, we believed God to pay off big medical bills because we didn't have a choice. I mean, we just stood on some things and trusted the Lord. So I went to the Lord, and I told the Lord. I said, Lord, I said, 
I know that you can do big. I know what your word says about finances. I know that I'm financed by the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I know that heaven is my bank account. I know, Father God, I know that you supply me abundantly beyond. But I also know that i got to start my faith where my faith is. And, Lord, I've never believed you for a set dollar amount. And I said, but, Lord, it seems foolish to me to say, Father, I thank you for one American dollar today. Because I know, because you've already done more than that for me. I said, so, Lord, I need, I need you to help me to know what, what I can realistically set my faith on. Because, Lord, um, and I put him in remembrance of some things. Because Michael and I, Michael and I had um, been in a situation, don't fall out, we had been in a situation where we held a quarter of a million dollars in gold coins in our hand, and we were responsible for delivering them to the other side of the country. We, I mean, and we were faithful. I mean, just one of those coins was worth a lot, a lot. And, uh, you know, and, and the devil will come and say, well, they ain't going to miss one coin. No, we're the righteousness of God, and we handle all things properly and so and correctly, and we're going to do what's right, and God's going to reward us. I mean, we've we've had we've handled some some big financial situations, and uh, and we said, no, we're going to do it right, Lord. We're going to do it right, and uh, so we put the Lord in remembrance of this. So I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I said I need you to help me put my faith on a dollar value that I can that I can. I mean, it's going to stretch me, but I can believe for it. And I was, I, I just had the TV on in the background one day, and I was doing some stuff and working on some stuff, and I was paying more attention to the Lord than anything. And all of the sudden, no, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention to the Lord at all. I was working on something completely had nothing to do with God. And I just had the, t- the TV on for uh, just background noise, and all of a sudden the Lord said, that right there. And I went, what, Lord? And he said, that right there. And I had to back the TV up to figure out what he was talking about. And uh, it was, a, it had to do with the dollar value. And I said, uh, Lord, that's a lot. And he said, it ain't too much for me. And I said, well, I know that, but that's a lot. And basically what he told me to believe him for comes out to be to believe for a $1,000 a day increase. That's a lot. That's a lot. But I've already believed for him for thousands of dollars and to pay off certain things. I've been believing for it for about three years now, four years now. And I've got my, and I get built up and then I waver back. I build up, I waver back. The scripture says, don't let a double-minded man believe that he'll receive anything from the Lord. So I've got to get consistent. Well, well, it's been about six to eight months and I've been consistent on it. I've been good on it, but I keep talking about it periodically, not all the time to drive people crazy, but enough that people know we're believing for it. What is that? That's now faith is the substance. And I'm telling you, it's right here. I mean, I could just about reach out and touch it in the spirit. We've got it. It's ours. And uh, But he said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, let me clarify this for people that are on the, the that don't know us. We don't take a dime from the church. We currently do not take a dime from the church at some point down the road because it's proper and biblical for the pastor to get a paycheck. But right now, everything that comes into the church goes right back into the church. And honestly, we're, we're up there with the big givers in the church because God supplies us elsehow. Uh, 
So don't think, oh, well, they just want that thousand dollars. They just want to take people's money because we ain't touching anybody's money. The money that comes in the house is the Lord's money. And uh, he says, it's the substance of things hoped for. If you're believing for health and healing, people should know that you're believing for health and healing. If you're believing for income, people should know you're believing for income. If you're believing to get sin out of your life by, your, by how you act and behave, people should be able to say they're actively working to get that out of their life. It's what that you should do. He said it's the substance of things greatly desired. Let's read it that way. And the evidence, notice it says evidence, that's the proof of things not seen. Here's the deal. I have no proof that I have the $1,000 a day in the natural. But, oh, but the evidence is in the word of my mouth. The evidence is the fact that we have eight bank accounts, four checkings and four savings, and four different banks prepared we have prepared the storage houses. We have prepared the storage houses. We have prepared the investment plan. We know how God wants us to invest it to increase it. We're prepared. There's evidence that, that God, we, we have proven ourselves faithful financially. There's evidence that God can trust us because my prayer has been that what Dad Hagen's prayer has been, Father, if you can get it to me, you can get it through me. I mean, honestly, it's already spent. Honestly, for what God's placed in my heart, a $1,000 a day increase is not even going to touch what the Lord has put in my heart. Not even going to touch it. He said it's the evidence of things not seen. How much do you know uh, when you purchase something online you have no... Other than you've got a receipt, email, you have no evidence. The product is not in your hand, but you don't go, well, Amazon's sending me what I've ordered, and when it gets here, then I'll have it. No. You go, um, I invested in it, it's mine, and it better show up. Well, you got to do the same thing with faith. you got to do the same thing with faith. Jump over to verse 6. Jump over to verse 6. Uh you know, we want to be pleasing to the Father. We want, we desire, if you love Jesus, uh, you want to please him. You want, you want him to be well pleased with you. He said, but without faith, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Listen, there's no way to please God unless you put your faith in him. Now, this word faith, you know, there's certain words in, in, in um, this Christian walk that I think of this way. Um, now, I'm a Bugs Bunny kid. I grew up on Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner and all of those cartoons. And, when, and especially, not so much now, but especially when I came into the body of Christ, that word faith and the word sin and certain other words like that, but faith and sin were the two biggest words. To me, in my mind, that's like these giant letters falling from the sky, boosh, 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 and just flatten wildly coyote or whoever it is. You know, it's just, oh, this is so big. This is so much weight. Oh, it's just going to crush you. No, faith is simply choosing, listen to me, choosing to trust God without wavering. It's choosing 
to concretely trusting God. Think of it this way. You know, we've got, we've got all these gas stations. And around the gas stations, they've got these concrete posts that are, that are concreted down into the ground. And the whole reason for those posts is to keep people from accidentally running into the gas pumps and starting big fires. Uh, so they're very strong and they're very powerful uh, because they're so well-seated in the ground. That's what your trust has to be in Christ. That's what your trust has to be, is you've got to be concreted down in that Jesus said it, therefore it's mine. The Bible says it, therefore the answer is yes. The Bible says that all the gold, all the, all this, all the silver, the cattle of a thousand hills, I don't know if you know anything about cows, but, but, but good cattle, um, really any livestock animal, Good cattle, quality cattle, runs into the thousands, the tens of thousands, even the hundreds of thousands of dollars per animal, per animal. And, uh, and it says, um, the, the Bible says that God has the cattle of a thousand hills. Now, around here, we don't have hills, we have mountains. And, and you can fit a, Good, you can fit a good amount of cows on a, on a chunk of a mountain. But if you go out west, out, especially out in California, they've got these rolling hills. These rolling hills. And I called my dad one day because he's a farmer. And, I, and, and he was also a truck driver. He did long haul trucking. And I called him and I said, Dad. He said, what? I said, I'm down here in California. He said, okay. Uh, I said, I'm driving down the interstate and there's all these rolling hills of green, beautiful grass. He said, yeah. And I said, you know what I'm talking about? He said, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I said, I said, about how many acres, you know, an average hill, about how big is an average hill? And he said, oh, you know, they, they range, but a couple hundred, couple hundred acres per hill, you could say. And I said, well, how many, how many head of cow can you keep on one of those hills? And he said, well, here's what you need to know. And I said, okay. He said, the type of grass that grows there isn't good for cattle. He said that 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 those fields are better for sheep and all of this stuff, and I said, oh okay, and I said, okay, well, how many can you keep on there? And he said, well, a lot. I said, okay, um, but the point is, I said, I, I said, okay, so, um, but the point is, is if you have a thousand of these hills and you got two or three hundred head of some type of livestock per hill, and your cattle is even if your cattle is a thousand dollar thousand a head. Um, you know, or 500 ahead, how much you know? That's big money. That's big money. And I said, well, Dad, can you keep cows on those hills? He said, oh, you can keep them. He said, but you're not going to get as many if you do the sheep and all that. And I said, okay, well, what if it's a cow? He said, ah, uh, he said maybe uh, 20 or 30 on an average hill. And I said, 20 or 30? I said, dear Lord, if those cows are worth $100,000, that's, that's a... a that's big money. That's big money. But the Bible says that God is, has, all the, has all the gold, all the silver, the cattle of a thousand hills. He has all the gems. He owns all the beasts of the field. He has everything, that belong, everything that's in the earth. It belongs to God. What belongs to God, Jesus inherited on our behalf. And now it all belongs to Jesus, and I can make a withdrawal anytime I need to. That's big money. That's big money. But what do I have to do? I have to concretely put my feet down and say it belongs to me. 
God supplies all my needs. I have to con- con- concretely put my feet down when my body begins to talk to me and say, no, health and healing belongs to me. It belongs to me. It belongs to me. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. And then he explains why. He said, for he that comes to God must, this is what we must do, number one, we must believe that he is. The first thing we must do to walk in faith is we must believe that God is God and God is able. He is the great I am and we have to choose to believe that. And we must believe that he is a rewarder. A rewarder, that word rewarder means that God pays wages. God pays wages. So we have to believe and understand that God will pay us wages uh, to them that diligently seek him. So one way to obtain healing is to diligently seek the word about what God says about healing. I was so broken and so desperate when I came back into the kingdom after 12 years in the world. I was so incredibly broken and I needed healing because I could not even. It took everything in me to, to put on a basic t-shirt and sweatpants and flip-flops. My mom or my husband a lot of times had to brush my hair for me. I was in such dramatic, such, such I was just in bad shape from a car accident. And, uh. And I mean, I desperately, I had asthma and all kinds of other issues. And um, so what did I do? Listen to me. Whatever you need from God, begin to study that in the word. I had a learning disability. Understanding the Bible was very difficult for me. So I began to grab a hold of good, basic, simple, solid teachings on healing and I studied them and meditated on them and thought on them day and night until they got down on the inside of me and I could choose to make that concrete decision that Jesus is my healer and now I'm going to walk in that healing and I studied it for years and now I can now now I'm good Well, does that mean that you have no pain? No, I still have pain that comes against me from time to time. But when it shows up, I go, oh, no, we ain't doing this today. No. Satan, I don't receive it. Body, move. Body, move. Body, get up. Body, move. According to my medical records, I should not be able to do the things that I do. Uh, In fact, according to my medical records, I should live a very regimented life with as as little stress as possible you try being a pastor and not having stressful situations come your way just try it just 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 walk a day or two in my shoes and you'll realize oh this is not okay we don't get days off even when we try to take days off our phone still rings things still happen well glory to god well this was not the old testament today we'll try uh second kings chapter four next sunday We'll get there next Sunday. Uh, But, Father God, we thank you for the refresher that faith is now, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that, Father, that how we please you is that we walk by faith. 
And, Father, we thank you that you put us in remembrance. Now, Father, Father, anyone that needs healing, oh, Father God, I just ask that, that as they reach out, as they touch you, as they, Father, as they say, Father, I receive my healing, Father, that your healing power begins to work in their body. And, Father, we give you glory, and we give you honor, and we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we just worship you. And, Father, we have an opportunity to sow a seed. And so, Father, as we sow that seed, if you want to sow online, you can. The instructions are on the, on the screen. You want to sow in person or by mail, they're on the screen. Father, we thank you that as we sow into your kingdom that you bring us a harvest. And, Father, I thank you that health and healing flows in the, in, in the, bodies, of, in the bodies, the minds, the emotions of your people. And, Father, we thank you that your word is true and your word is working in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Zach, if you'll come serve the people. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that health and healing is flowing in the bodies. Father, I thank you that health and healing is flowing in the bodies. Father, I thank you that health and healing is flowing in the bodies. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So you just got to reach out by faith and say, Father, I'm healed. Father, I'm whole. Father, my body doesn't detect, does not depict my medical situation. Father, the Word of God says that I'm healed. The Word of God says that I'm whole. Therefore, I am healed. Therefore, I am whole in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That you need to begin to declare, I no longer carry that weight. That's just very, you, you got over here close to me, and I just, you just need to begin to speak out of your mouth. I no longer carry the weight of that anymore in my physical body. Okay? Okay. Father, I thank you in Jesus' mighty name. You can serve the people. Thank you. 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 Stress. Hurts of the past, things like that, words that were spoken, can, can actually manifest in physical hurt and physical pain. And so there comes, a, so sometimes you've got to choose to say, no, I'm not carrying that anymore. No, I'm laying that down, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Well, glory to God.